Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Assistant Sheriff of the Law Enforcement Agency in Maryland joins us on the Law Enforcement Today Show to talk about his law enforcement career and the challenges faced by law enforcement officers today. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Join us on the phone from my old home state, the state of Maryland, Dave McDowell on the Law Enforcement Today show. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. Dave, by the way, is from a place called Calvert County, Maryland. I lived across the river in St. Mary's County as a teenager. We called it Culvert way back in the day. And it's a combination of a rural and a suburban a D.C. neighborhood or community. It's a large county, and uh, it's rather diverse. And uh, I want to thank you for agreeing to talk with us. I know you're a very busy man. I think you're the assistant or under sheriff at the sheriff's department, correct? That's correct, assistant sheriff. Yes, sir. So you are a busy cat. Never stops. I, <laughs> I think everybody in law enforcement nowadays and first responders are very busy. And the higher up you go things change for sure. Before we get into your career, one of the things that your career has kind of uh, morphed into is you become very creative and you launched a line of t-shirts. Tell us about that. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've launched a line of t-shirts. My company is called Honor Line, and, uh, but, but my brand, my trademark brand is the Left Chest Society. Because uh, uh, that's where the badge is on your uniform shirt, left side of your chest. That is correct. We all wear the badge, on, with a very few exceptions, we all wear our badge on, on the left side of our chest. So it's a great name, and it's uh, honor-line.com is the website address, correct? That's correct. I want to tell people I've got the three shirts. They're great. They're very comfortable. They look good. Uh, and the artwork is just unbelievably gorgeous. Uh, and it's the movie, is it Tombstone? Uh, Wyatt Earth themed t-shirts uh, is that a, a good representation it is it's a takeoff from from tombstone as as everybody knows Wyatt Wyatt Earp and his brothers were either marshals or sheriffs at one point in time uh in their careers and uh just I took some images and some popular sayings from from the movie tombstone 
and uh, it transposed it over to the shirts and, and gotten really, really good feedback on them. Sold a lot of them at different venues. Police Week, they've been a big hit. It's just a, it's just a unique way to, to um, proliferate our profession. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it, and it's a great way of showing your pride and the long history of law enforcement in the United States, because it's not something new. We've had law enforcement officers of some type uh, since the Wild West days. We have, and, and just by way of the, the conversation, I'm such a nut about the, the, the old Wild West lawmen that were out there. My son, who's also uh, in, in our profession, his name is Wyatt. Oh, no kidding. You know, my, One of my favorites is... I believe his name is Marshall Bass uh, from the U.S. Marshal from way, way, way back in the day. Incredible guy. And from what I've heard, he was the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, look him wow. up sometime. Google Marshall Bass. Just an incredible character. And, and he was a uh, freed slave, I believe, in Texas. And uh, just a prolific lawman. And so one of the things I really like about your shirts, and we've talked about this before, I'm a firm believer that we as first responders, whether it be firefighters, corrections officers, dispatchers, EMTs, and law enforcement in particular, because I'm retired law enforcement, need to show our pride. And we need to show people that we are proud of who we are and what we do. And I think your shirts exemplify that. Yeah, you know, they do. They do, Jay. And something I learned when I got into the to the business of making law enforcement t-shirts is that some, some in our profession don't really like to advertise when they're out on the street with their family or they're at an event or something like that. that I get that. The police. And uh, so my shirts, uh, Left Chest Society, it doesn't say anywhere on there I'm the police or, you know, sheriff or anything like that. But if you're in the Left Chest Society, you know what it's about. Yeah, so go check them out online at honor-line.com. That's honor-line.com, the Left Chest Society, the Tombstone-themed T-shirts. Uh, and use uh, promo code LET at checkout and take 10% off. I, I want to switch gears a little bit and let's talk about your law enforcement career. You've been doing this a very long time. About how long? Bird's eye view from start to finish. I was sworn in on September 10th, 1990, and I'm still going. What agency was did you start with? I started with the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. That's a, a tough duty assignment, especially back there in the uh, 80s and, and early 90s. That that was no walk in the park. And to be honest with you, no agency is easy anymore. It's it's not. The demands on our profession now, Jay, from basically dealing with, with society, as a, you know, the, the contempt for law enforcement these days, uh, the constraints that, that many departments are under due to what I call very irresponsible legislation that, that really inhibits inhibits us from doing our job it, it is a whole new ball game i wrote a piece that has not been published yet i'm not sure when it will be and it's talking about and i've seen this written by other people uh what law enforcement officers today can learn from the, the, the lack of better words the salty old veterans of the uh, 70s 80s and 90s and, and one of the things i always hear is they say well it's worse nowadays compared to the 70s and 80s well, we had more officers killed in each year in the 70s and 80s and 90s. We had terrorism. Actually, I think Time Magazine called the 70s the, the golden era of terrorism in the United States. We had violent political groups. We had all those things. But the basics of law enforcement, of being a police officer or, or deputy sheriff, haven't changed. 
That's correct. And, you know, technology uh, really plays a big part in what we do today. And in many ways it helps us, and also in many ways it, it, it hurts us. You know, a lot of police departments have gone away from roll call, for example, and they just have the, have the, the officers check in remotely from their MDTs in their cars. And to me, uh, roll call is, is, is a pillar in the foundation of the profession that, 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 that we're a part of. A sergeant needs to see their troops at the beginning of every shift, and the troops need to see their sergeants, and they yeah. need to... They need, they need that camaraderie and that, and that subtle peer pressure amongst one another. And it's also you know, a great way to look at each other and say, "Are you doing okay? Are, are you are you yeah. are you up for the task tonight?" Because if let's just say uh, an officer is uh, having a really bad time at home, has been arguing with their spouse, and is totally stressed out to the max, and and it shows on her face, you want to be able to see that. You want to let them know maybe we need to get you inside, do something else for the night till you can get your bearings about you because we don't want to put you in a bad situation and make it even worse. You're, you're absolutely right, and that's part of the fraternity uh, of being a member of the left chest society, if you will, being in law enforcement. It's we also, do look out for one another. Yeah, it's also protecting our citizens because, look, I've had bad days. You've had bad days. The job's hard enough. When you go out there and you're really, you got a child in a hospital, things are really bad at home, your nerves are frayed. You're short-tempered. You don't want to be out on the street dealing with a bad domestic, and all of a sudden, next you know, it's a cop shooting his mouth off. Correct. So Absolutely. we have an obligation, not just to the officers, but to our community and, and vice versa. It needs to be equally balanced, I think, and that seems to me to not be the case a lot of times. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Absolutely. So it be safe to say that you've seen a lot of changes since 1990, and you're still at it today. I have. I have. You know, uh, and, and not all the changes are bad. You know, there's been a lot of changes for good. And, you know, officers, I think, have, have better equipment now than, than, than ever they ever have before. Uh, they're better trained, you know, in a lot of different ways uh, are they better trained. You know, they have, they have so many resources now. And like you said, you know, they get a lot of training on mental health, not, not just of, of the public that they serve, but for their own well-being. You know, that's one of the tools that they have now. And it's very important. We're going to take a short break. We are talking with Dave McDowell, career law force officer, also the assistant sheriff at the Calvert County, Maryland Sheriff's Department. This is Law Enforcement Day Show. We'll be right back. Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786. 800-932-1786. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. 
Call 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand, and for over 35 years now, I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800 956 0677 get your free starter kit until 500 are gone you'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk largely tax-free and get 90 percent of the work done for you for pennies that's 800-956-0677 800-956-0677 again 800-956-0677 that's 800-956-0677 Are you struggling with vision loss as you get older? Do you have a child who is blind or losing their vision? Are you a blind person wondering how you'll succeed in school, at work, or as a parent? We can help. The National Federation of the Blind knows that blindness doesn't have to keep you from living the life you want. We invite you to learn more about us and how we can help at nfb.org. The National Federation of the Blind. Live the life you want. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. And we are back. Joining us on the phone from his patrol car, Dave McDowell. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. So you're the assistant sheriff of a, well, at one time, when I was a teenager, Calvert County was a sleepy place. It's no longer that way. It's how long? How large of an area is uh, Calvert County? Two hundred fifty square miles. And about how many deputies do you have, without giving away a lot of secrets, that are responsible for that area? We have about one hundred and thirty, give or take, uh, and then we have uh, about another, I don't know, twenty or so contract deputies. And then you have Maryland State Police that also supplement the area so that's if an officer or deputy is out there on the road and they have a bad situation to happen their help could be a long ways away so it's got to be a juggling act for you guys and gals to to make sure everybody's safe it is it is and it's gotten better as far as having having backup you know readily available to you it has gotten better but there were times you know early on in, in, in my career down here where 
sometimes you'd be the only deputy in the north end of the county, and, and if you had a trooper with you, you know, then there was two of you. But that was about it. Yeah, and that, things would get ugly and hairy pretty quick. Yes. You know, as, as a retired city police, one of the things we'd always say is, you know, those, those guys in the county had obeyed. It, it seemed to me, from our perspective, grass is greener on the other side, that they had less work, they had better equipment, but we, I failed to take in consideration we had backup three, four, five blocks away oftentimes. And there was a minute. If you guys had a bad situation to happen, it could be 10, 15 minutes for help to get there. I'm sure every one of my brothers and sisters out there can, you know, recall an experience where they were waiting for that backup to get there, and it seemed like it was an eternity, but it sure sounded good when those sirens were getting close. Yeah, it is. That, that, and, uh, the only thing I think it sounded better back in my day was when you'd hear the helicopter from our uh, aviation unit coming. <laughs> you knew the help was on the way. We just posted a video recently of an officer in a small town in Illinois, a female officer, and she had stopped the vehicle that the occupant of the vehicle, unbeknownst to her, had murdered someone earlier. Uh, and he was armed with two guns and he had a cache of weapons in the woods and he gave her bad bad uh, information and she's trying to confirm it. And it's all caught on dash cam. And next thing you know, he pulls out a revolver, puts it in her face and there's a life and death fight w- with this officer uh, controlling the guy's weapon until backup got there. And even with all the great equipment that's available nowadays, sometimes it just comes down to, and it's ugly, what this officer had to do to survive is just scream whatever it takes to survive. And that's what she did. And I'm very proud of her. That's right. You're absolutely right about that. So nowadays, one of the big changes is obviously all this technology that we didn't have when I was a rookie. And you obviously didn't have when you were a rookie in 1990. Uh, By the way, I started in 1980, so I'm significantly older than you. And I always say that we were issued, you know, a balsa wood nightstick was very flimsy, very, very light, a can of mace that only worked on innocent bystanders and police, and a thirty-eight revolver. That's what we were given. Oh, we were given a vest, too, uh, soft body armor, front panel only that only stopped like a thirty-eight and below. Uh, things and equipment-wise have definitely changed, and I think that's a plus. Uh, equipment has gotten exponentially better. The training that goes with that equipment is huge. You know, body cameras, in my opinion, have done nothing but vindicate the officers in the field who are, who are, you know, a lot of times accused of, of wrongdoing. Um, to me, I don't, I, you know, that the body cameras have, have, I know we've been, we were resistant as a profession, but I think most of us will agree that they've done nothing but show that, that we're just out there doing our job and, and, and we're, we're, we have integrity and, and, uh, you know, we do what we have to do within the confines of our policies, procedures and the laws to, to get it done and to go home alive every night. And we didn't have those body cameras. And I, I think I would have been resistant to wear them. Uh, but then I look back and go, it would have saved me from 99.95% of the complaints that were made against me. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't tell you how often I've had, People come in to say an officer did something, and when they sit down and we show them the body camera, the look on their face is priceless because they know that they've just been caught in a lie, and they were impugning that that man or woman's character for their own gain. And probably nothing much happens to them. If I know Maryland, it didn't used to be if someone made a false complaint against an officer, nothing really happened to them. They just went on their way. We do do charge... uh, criminally for making a uh, false report and um we've been somewhat successful with that 
Well, my hat's off to you, the sheriff. Tell him I said thank you very much because that that was something that was sorely missing from what we had. One of the things with all this great technology, have you found that you mentioned earlier, while it's all a plus, it may also, and, and to paraphrase, it may also have negatively impacted our ability to be part of the community? It, it does. Um, technology is great. You know, we all have computers in our cars now. You know, a traffic stop now literally can be conducted in about three minutes um, from start to finish. You know, see the violation, pull the car, get the license, come back, swipe it in your computer. Everything populates. You print it right there in your passenger seat, and you hand it back to the violator. And you lose some of that contact where your instincts would kick in, and maybe you would detect some things, or maybe you would glean some information from a citizen who wanted to share some information about a crime or something. So... We have lost some of that personalization, I call it, of police work. In, in, in a city police environment, we, I had a post, and I was there pretty much every day, except on the days off, then some one or two other officers would, would fill in for me. Uh, and then, of course, the other shifts, it was the same. One officer signed a post, and two or three other officers would fill in when they're on vacation. So the community members got to know who the officer was. When we weren't busy, which wasn't often, we were encouraged to get out of our cars, walk around, uh, do those sort of things, shake hands, say hello, let people know who you are, go into businesses. In a big area like yours, where you're so spread out, are they able to do the same thing? Well, to the best of our ability, you know, the sheriff really encourages uh, the deputies to get out, talk to people, say hello, let them see you beyond the, the confines of your cruiser. Uh, you know, we do have shopping areas, town centers where that's possible. Uh, and we do have a lot of subdivisions where the deputies can ride through. One of the things we do, too, is we put our motors out uh, during during the warm months out in the communities. And the officers actually ride through the neighborhoods on their on their Harleys. And I tell you, that is a striking presence, uh, presence uh, uh, you know, two motor officers coming through your community. You're not going to miss it. And uh, we really do engage a lot of citizens with that. And how would you rate recruiting nowadays? Are you guys having difficulty finding good qualified recruits or is your agency somewhat immune from that you know uh it's it's a mixed bag um sometimes we we do we're lucky and we get a we get a really good batch and sometimes we don't um the sheriff is very strict on on uh requirements being met and only putting the best people he can um out on the street you know and because of some of the some of the nonsense I call it in the press these days about law enforcement, we've actually seen a decline in applicants, uh, a small decline, not much, but a little bit. Um, and, uh, and again, it's all cyclical. It'll come back around. Well, I'm glad to hear that it's only small for you. And cause like my old agency, Baltimore, from what I've heard there, anywhere from 500 to a thousand officers short, and they're having a hard time getting people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, of course, they, it's a different set of circumstances uh, politically than you guys are dealing with. Um, I'll say this, you know, my nephew, uh, who's a United States Marine, is getting on the Marine Corps. His enlistment's almost up, and he wants to be a police officer in uh, Maryland or Virginia or the District of Columbia. And he asked me who I'd re- recommend, and Calvert County is one of the agencies I did recommend. And it pains me to say that I did not suggest my old department, the Baltimore Police Department, to just can't do that at this point. We're going to take a short break. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. 
The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-9435 Call right now. That number again is 800-280-9435 Epidemic America's Public Health Crisis These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. We're expanding. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly. We now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. Like I said... We've got two Facebook pages now. So when you have a chance, if you haven't done so already, the easiest way to keep up with all the news and updates regarding the Law Enforcement Today radio show, also a great way to interact and contact me is to like and follow our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Back to the Law Enforcement Today show with our special guest, Dave McDowell, calling from the police car he operates in Calvert County, Maryland. He is the uh, assistant sheriff uh, for Calvert County, a 20-year-plus law enforcement veteran. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy day and spending some time with us here in Law Enforcement Today Show. My pleasure. During your career, 20 years, you, you, I did a, a little peek on the website. You started with the uh, D.C., Metropolitan D.C. Police Department. Then I believe you went to uh, a small town in um, Anne Arundel County, Maryland. Is that where it was? What was that? No, actually, I did start with, with D.C. Police Department. In 1990, there was a freeze on in Maryland, and they, they, they weren't hiring. A lot of agencies weren't hiring, and if they were, they had eligibility lists that were miles long, so right. it's tough to get in. So, so I, I started with D.C. I wasn't there a very long time, and I came out to Maryland to a small municipality, actually in Calvert County, a little town called North Beach. Great town, by the way. Um, 
It was, or still is, yeah. Got some really good experience there for a couple of years, and then I went to uh, a county north of here, Prince George's County, where I was a sheriff's deputy for three years, and then I came back home to Calvert uh, in 96, and I've been here ever since, never looked back. That's a long career. Uh, it is, 28 years now. So are are you ready to retire? Not a chance. <laughs> You've got your time, in, and you think with the atmosphere we hear all the time in the news, how it's so anti-law enforcement. You'd think the man with his time in would be saying, I'm done. I'm ready to go. The first chance I get. You know what? I rise to the challenge, Jay. The men and women that I work with uh, and the men and women in our profession uh, are, are the absolute finest uh, out there. And, you know, uh, it, it incenses me when, when people criticize this profession or when people judge what we do from the comfort of a climate-controlled room where they face no jeopardy whatsoever, and an officer had less than a split second to make a life-and-death decision. Uh, uh, so I'm still, much, I'm still much in the fight. That's a great way of putting it. Uh, I used to say that the other one was that uh, someone with well, the most dangerous thing to encounter is a paper cut or a rusty paper clip uh, would, uh, yeah. would be overly critical. It, I don't have a problem with people being critical and questioning our law enforcement agencies. I don't have a problem with that at all. That's understandable and needs to be done. It's when it's hypercritical and and is judged by things that that are not realistic, based off of what we hear from Hollywood or the news media. People come to conclusions before they even get the facts. Yes, and we've seen that a million times now. And and look, on any given day, could you find somebody in our profession doing something they're not supposed to be doing? Sure, absolutely. Could. But that percentage is so minute. So minute, and you know the the, the mainstream media, uh, they 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 sensationalize things, the, the irresponsibly publish things without having all the facts, and you know the officers are left to defend themselves when public opinion has already been been made. Right. Yeah, and that, that often drives the actions of the elected officials, like states attorneys, and uh, it's like, well, I got to do something because everybody's in an uproar, even if it's not based on fact. That's right. That's right. And we know that's had a, a horrible ripple effect from uh, Central Maryland, Baltimore area, the events that occurred there. Has that rippled down to where you are, or has that not made it that far south? Not really, no. We, uh, in Calvert County, we enjoy an excellent relationship with our community, and it's because they really are our partners. We engage our community in so many different things that we do. Um, I, you know, I can't tell you uh, how many times our deputies are in a Wawa and a citizen, you know, offers to pay for their food that they have. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, the, the, the public support we get here is a direct reflection uh, of the men and women out there and the, and the leadership of the sheriff. And um, it's we're very fortunate. It's an intangible that, that you really can't put a value on. And I'll, I'll say this for the benefit of the people listening who don't know what we're talking about in Maryland. After retiring from police work, I began pursuing a career in radio. Uh, and I've been a full-time radio DJ, music DJ, for 15, 18 years now, somewhere along those lines. And for a period of about four years, I, I was returned I returned to take a job at a classic rock station in Southern Maryland where I spent my teenage years. I had a great time, and I got to meet people like a lot of the deputies in the Calvert County Sheriff's Department, in the St. Mary's County Sheriff's Department, and Charles County Sheriff's Department. And they did a phenomenal job. And one of the things I really appreciate about those men and women is, at least for me, they're very accessible. Uh, the human side of them was very accessible. Yeah, they're, they have a job to do. They're public official. They're in uniform. 
they have all the markings of a law enforcement officer and there's a little bit of a hands-off that you, you got to take but there was something more where they gave a little more of themselves than you would expect yeah a lot of the law enforcement in southern maryland are from southern maryland they grew up here you know in calvert county the majority of our deputies live here their families are here their kids go to school here uh, they have a vested interest this is their community not just a community that they show up to to do police work in so in your career and you've had a long one there's got to be some highs and lows and uh probably the easier one to think of are the low points uh the the bad nights the bad days uh how about a good experience something that people wouldn't expect to hear that you've encountered you know uh i've been very fortunate in my career jay uh i i really have i've gotten to do just about everything that i i've aspired to do in, in my law enforcement career um I want to say that for me, one of the highs is a, is a most recent one. My son is now uh, a member of our agency. He works in our detention center. Um, but getting the, I get nothing but positive feedback on what a fine young man he is and what a what a good job he, he's doing, and that he'll make a he'll make a fine deputy when he comes over to the street. And um, you know, that's that's really validation of uh, of the way I've lived, carried myself, and you know, tried to set the example for him uh, growing up as, as, as a child and, and into a young adult now, man. So in your agency, when you have new applicants and new hires, do they all start in corrections first as is a pattern with a lot of sheriff's departments? They don't, but we do recruit heavily from our detention center um, because you can be uh, in Maryland, 18 is the age that you, uh, where you can get hired as a, as a correctional officer. So we, we recognize that young talent when, when they come in the door uh, at the detention center, and um, it gives us an opportunity to mentor and groom those men and women. And um, when they're old enough to come over, you know, they, they do. A lot of them do. Would you say that that's a, a benefit uh, for those who go into being a road deputy, that spending time in corrections? Does that benefit them? Oh, absolutely. I think any experience that you have in life is going to make you a better person if you if you take it for what it is. I mean, I... I was a framing carpenter when I was in high school and for a year or two out. And I actually started started out in a, in a detention center myself uh, as a civilian supply clerk. And that being in that detention center taught me two things. One, that I did not want to work in a detention center for the rest of my life. And two, it showed me about the camaraderie that exists in a, in a law enforcement or para-law enforcement uh, organization. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. We are talking with Dave McDowell. Dave is the assistant sheriff uh, of the Calvert County, Maryland Sheriff's Department. And you listen to Law Enforcement Today. Sure, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with Dave. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. 
Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603 That's 800-451-8603 I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Back to the Law Enforcement Today show. I'm John J. Wiley and talking to Dave McDowell. Dave is Assistant Sheriff at the Calvert County, Maryland Sheriff's Department. By the way, I got to say this. I, I love that part of the United States. I spent most of my teenage years prior to moving to Baltimore and St. Mary's County is across the river from Calvert County. Spent a lot of time in Calvert County. Know Solomon's very well, Prince Frederick, the whole nine yards. It's a, a beautiful area with some beautiful people, but I don't miss the winters at all. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, years of police work and steel plates and all that stuff when they get cold that that, that's a special type of cold it's a wet cold with all the water you got Chesapeake Bay near you and those are all great influences on society there but man when it gets cold it gets super cold doesn't it there's nothing like going on an alarm call at a high school where you got to walk around the entire building in the middle of December when the winds are blowing at about 30 miles an hour and it's about four degrees outside. Yeah. And I would say, or the fire scene where you're directing traffic for two hours in the middle of winter. Yeah. And, and by the way, on the flip side of it, when it gets hot in the summertime, it gets very hot and very humid. And you wear all the police equipment, man, you just roast. Yes, absolutely. So I'm sure that these guys take a good use, a good advantage of uh, air conditioning and heat as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, they do. During your career, we talked earlier, uh, there's high points and low points. Uh, are you able to or willing to talk about a bad day? You know, um, every day in this profession, for me, is a good day in general, but, but there are some low points. Yeah, I was, uh, I was a child abuse investigator for a few years, and, um, you know, it, fundamentally, I learned a lot about being an investigator during that time frame. It, it was all experience that, that helped me uh, further in my career. But I can tell you that people do bad things to children, and um, there's a lot of those little faces that I'll never forget doing those interviews or going to the hospital to see, um, dealing with the you know the parents and the and the, the broken families, uh, and just seeing the pure evil in the eyes of the people that I sat across from in interview tables or uh, you know uh, for me that was that was a rough patch in my career. It was a good experience uh, in general, but. There, there were some really bad days. Everybody I've talked to, and myself included, I find it to be so much more emotionally damaging, for lack of better words, uh, when dealing with violent crimes that happen to children. You know, 
you're, you're absolutely right, Jay, and I want to take this opportunity, too, to any of my brothers and sisters that are out there that, that deal with stuff like this or, or really anything, man, make sure you talk to somebody about it. Make sure you don't bottle that stuff up inside or, or, or just start hating everybody that you encounter. Make sure you talk about it. You know, police suicide is one of our biggest enemies as a profession, and, I, you know, it breaks my heart every time I hear about one of our brothers or sisters taking their own lives. Just, just make sure you talk to somebody. It's not a sign of weakness. It's, it's just, it's just all about your mental health, and, and it's another fact. It's another element of going home every day. Absolutely, and it's a, we were always taught, you know, you do whatever you have to do to make it home, and no matter how bad the situation, no matter how bad the fight, no matter how bad you're losing, you stayed in the fight, you didn't quit. It's refreshing to hear someone who is in a position of administration in a law enforcement agency saying that because back in the 80s and I'm sure in the 90s in your early days, that's not the stance they took. They didn't say talk about it. They didn't say reach out. They didn't say get help if you need it. The philosophy was suck it up, buttercup, go have a beer. You know, you're you're right. And we had a standing order from an, an administrator way back when that if, if a suspect put their hands on you or ran from you, their first trip better be to the hospital or you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. So things have changed quite a bit. So it is it is good. And that's a, a philosophy referring to you saying police suicide is a real issue and it has been for a very long time and that we need to start talking to each other more about it. And hence going back to the idea of roll call and, and having a conversation and seeing each other eye to eye. Uh, but, you know, when... I always say this, when we had a call for an officer needs assistance, a signal 13, we call it in Baltimore, we, you dropped whatever you're doing and you ran to help. It didn't matter what situation it was, we would go through hell or high water to get to that officer to help him. And when we have officers struggling now with these other issues, uh, post-traumatic stress-related issues, uh, anxiety, whatever it might be, marital problems, substance abuse, that we need to start talking to each other like you just did when you made that, that little announcement to all law enforcement officers. You, you know, uh, Jay, and, and I'm going to add another layer to it. It's compounded now. A lot of, a lot of our, uh, a lot of our men and women out there are veterans. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're veterans. So they, they've, they've got a double dose of this stuff. Uh, a lot of them are combat veterans and, um, you know, so they, they go over and they serve their country and they come back with some emotional baggage and then you add the layer of, of police work on top of it. So, you know, I encourage any any administrators out there that are listening to this, man, get down and talk to your troops and make sure that they're okay mentally too and, and, and don't don't make it a bad thing for them to, to communicate with people. Make that a make that a positive. And I always heard these things need to happen from the top down. So it's good to hear your agency uh, doing just that. I heard a great analogy from a, a guest he said working in law enforcement for him was like wearing a backpack. And uh, every time you went to a bad crime scene, accident scene, a fire scene, or whatever it might be, uh, you'd, you'd pick up a pebble of varying sizes and put it in that backpack. Uh, and then it got to a point after you know, 15, 17, 18 years, that little tiny pebble, the last one, which seemed in, so insignificant, just broke the whole support system apart. And the backpack fell apart and they were, they were struggling. That's a fantastic analogy. That really is. So oftentimes, we see these things. We see on the news, you know, an officer with the, the body cams, the video cams, the, the cell phone cams we didn't have when I was in a police. And you've got some officer who is mouthing off. He's mad. He's irritated. He's lost his cool. He or she. 
and it's so easy to pass judgment on them without looking at the totality of their career. What call did they just come from? What have they experienced in their career? Are they struggling with any of these issues that you and I just talked about? Are you finding the media to be a little more receptive to hearing that from you and, and your, uh, your sheriff? Well, you know, I think that the media is like any other stakeholder in your community. You, you, you try to establish a good relationship built on mutual trust. You know, we, we're, we have a pretty good relationship with the media here. And, and, you know, we, we are as transparent as we can be. I know transparent is a very catchy term now in today's society, but, but we try to, we try to be as open with the press as we can be about things. Um, and you know, law enforcement's expected to be everything to everyone, but the one thing that we're not expected to be is human. And, um, that's when you, you know, with the scenario you talked about, when sometimes, you know, a, a guy or a girl, they they lose it a little bit because they they are carrying a bunch bunch of stuff with them, and you know, stress is, affects people in different ways. And we're held to a higher standard, and we we accept that when we take the job, but at the end of the day, we are people just like everybody else. And also, I, I can't speak for you, but there's this myth that people have. Uh, I don't. I, I want to say Hollywood caused it. It doesn't really matter why that law enforcement officers will always look the other way when it involves a bad cop. And that's just not the truth. The truth is, I never wanted to work with someone who was bad, never wanted to work with anybody who's corrupt. We never tolerated any of that stuff. We did understand that you could have a bad day. We did understand that 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 child abuse call could push you to your limits. We did understand that, and we'd hustle people away. And they got a talking to, and they got... They got counseling. They got, uh, we all learn from each other, but there was not this thin blue wall where we would never do anything proactive and look the other way when involved dirty cops. Has that been your experience? You're, you're absolutely right. Don't tarnish my badge. You absolutely. know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, I mean, people die for these badges that we wear. Uh, don't tarnish that. And you're right. Sometimes we have to pick our brothers and sisters up when they fall down and we need to help them out. But that does not equate to turning a blind eye to blatant corruption or, 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 or illegal activity. Um, you know, again, like I said, on any given day, you could find a police officer in this country doing something they're not supposed to be doing. But that is such a small percentage. And when you do find that small percentage, you have a responsibility to our profession, to the people that have come and gone before us. To weed that out and before we run out of time give everybody very quickly details where they can find your t-shirts honor-line.com right now i have one collection on the website it's the tombstone collection it honors the law enforcement professionals from back in the wild wild west days they're really neat shirts really really cool designs i got a great artist that does a lot of stuff for me there's plenty more coming i'm working on a bike week design i'm working on a saint patty's design please check me out and be sure when you go there honor-line.com put it in code let at checkout and take 10 percent off dave mcdowell thanks so much for being a guest on the show and thanks for your service brother jay it's my honor and thank you for your service when you have a chance be sure to go to our website lawenforcementtoday.com and download our free mobile app we have a version for your android and iphone devices it's 100 free get it at lawenforcementtoday.com Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya.